Welcome to the Wilson and Lyling podcast. Today, Dr. Wilson will be sharing the Word of God. Let's all get ready to receive. Hi, welcome once again to wilsonlightning.com. This is our ministry equipping website, and we trust you have been blessed by all the different podcasts and different things that we have in the website. Today, I'm going to talk about developing an inspirational vision. You see, it's so important that we understand why a leader needs to have vision. In my previous podcast, I spoke about a fact about the inspirational leader's vision. And in there, I stated, a leader without an aim is very much like a ship without a rudder or a missile without a target. And so when we do not really know where we want to go, there's less motivation and determination to get a move on. Further, there is little inspiration for others to follow us. In fact, when we lack vision, it is dangerous. The Bible does say to us in the book of Proverbs, in chapter 29, verse 18, and it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Wow. It is also a a sad state of being. Helen Keller, a famous blind and deaf social activist, had this to say. She said, the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but lacks vision. Wow, how much more a spiritual leader. So how can we develop a God-given vision? How does a spiritual leader uh, envision the future? So let's look now at how inspirational vision can be developed in our own lives. Firstly, we need to understand that it is seeded by holy discontent. Now, Bill Heibel coined this term, holy discontent. And by that, he means something of God that stirs in our hearts and making us dissatisfied with the status quo. God may give us a discernment of the issues the problems. Uh, He helps us see why it is a problem and why it must be addressed. Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah in chapter 1, he saw the problem of Jerusalem when there was, uh, they lacked the proper protection of its walls. Nehemiah probably saw the problem on a range of fronts. It was a security problem as the return exiles were continually uh, compromised by external intrusions and so forth. It was probably an honor problem because God's name was dishonored uh, through the impoverished state of the Israelites. It's as if God was not capable of protecting his people. It was also a spiritual problem because it exposed the passivity, the spiritual passivity of the people. And so when Nehemiah saw that nothing was being done to deal with it, God stirred a holy discontent with the situation. Nehemiah was so dissatisfied that he volunteered himself to address the problem. There there can be many people who may be at similar points in their uh, perspective. But if they just remain there, they may become complainers and whingers, just 
complaining about the issues and eventually become thorns to leaders' sides. But those who manage to reach the other side will begin to reach the God-inspired possibility. They are the ones who will begin to uh, gain a holy aspiration. They are the ones who begin to gain a holy vision. And so inspirational vision occurs when the, those with holy discontent moves to gain holy aspirations. Wow. What else do we need? It is also centered by aligning with God's vision. You see, it is not enough for a leader to have just vision. A personal vision, alignment is critical if we are to move with God and with one another. When a leader's vision is properly aligned, it, it leads to greater synergy and, and greater outcomes. So God should be first and foremost in our vision process. We need to come to grips with who He is. We, we need to become familiar with His being, His heartbeat, His perspective and His will from His Word. You see, we cannot truly know God's vision unless we first know God. So how do we achieve this? Well, firstly, by studying God's Word. The Word helps us to better understand God and His heartbeat. The Word should be so much a part of our lives that we begin to think as God Himself would. And the Word gives us the blueprints and the manual for our Christian living. It is the Word that gives us the overall content of a God-given vision. Now, God's vision is encapsulated by the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. And His vision has always been to fill the earth with people that will bear His image. We see that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And however, since the fall of man, uh, His plan of redemption involves the preaching of His gospel and, and making disciples of every nation in order that man might follow Him fully again. Our personal vision should be part of God's greater vision of the Great Commission. Now, our personal vision should in fact be the Great Commission itself. Although our role may be a smaller part of it, for no one church, no ministry, no one leader can encompass all of God's vision, all that God desires. Just as God gives each believer spiritual gifts and calls each to uh, different aspects of ministry. The same applies to each local church. So God, we must understand, works consistently. There's a unique allocation for each individual, for each local church, even a family of churches. Now, consider it this way. Think of the cells in the body. Our cell, all the cells has a DNA. And the DNA contains the entire vision that our body has and how it should function. Yet each cell has its own special role within the body. Hence, while it functions in its appointed role, uh, it always retains the overall vision of the function of the body. Uh, 
Similarly, every Christian will have their role in God's plans and uh, should have, a, and so all of us should have a personal vision about our role. Nevertheless, every Christian, we should have an overall vision of God as expressed by the Great Commission. Only then can we be truly biblical in our vision. So this grand vision, it gives us the scope. It gives us the main trust. We must keep within the scope and keep to the main trust. It's so important that we major in the major and minor on the minor. Uh, problems occur when, when ministries or churches begin to focus on the minor and neglect the major. Uh, for example, a church that prioritizes prayer or worship but neglects soul winning and, and disciple making is beginning to miss the main point. The next aspect of that is we also need to hear God through prayer. You see, while the Word gives us the general will of God, uh, it is important to seek God personally, to better grasp God's will for us personally. You see, we should seek God diligently, and as part of knowing Him more intimately, He will lead us more specifically into His vision. The Bible tells us in Psalms 37 verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord, and He delights in His way. So we must listen to Him in order that God's vision may capture our hearts as Part of that, that's why we should fast, we should pray. That was how Paul and Barnabas heard God's missionary call, as we saw in Acts chapter 13, verse 2. It says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set aside for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. God also can use others to speak to us to impart His vision to us under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So what else do we need to happen? Well, our vision needs to be complemented by aligning with the vision of the house. You see, God rarely gives us a vision that is outside of and independent of the house that He has called us to. Think about that. Uh, while there is, when there is a lack of fit, it usually means Either the house did not align or we did not align properly. See, God does not divide his own house. When Nehemiah was called to build the uh, walls of Jerusalem, those that agreed with the vision, God gave him work with him. But those who rejected God's vision, in effect, rejected God's vision. In the same way, we can contend as one man. As the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, we can contend together for the house, but that only can occur when our vision aligns. So consider how our vision incorporates the local church vision. Consider how our vision can both enhance and contribute towards the enlargement of the church vision. It may be perhaps to bring a new nuance, a new angle, a new parallel that can add to it. Something that will strengthen the existing vision in new areas. Something that enables the existing vision to broaden. For example, the, the church that I lead, Hope Church, 
we are called to be an Antioch church. And as an Antioch church, we are a great commission church, uh, a church that disciples, it equips and send people forth. We are not called to be a prayer center, a healing center, or a worship center, though we must build strong pillars of prayer, healing, uh, of worship, and so on. Now, there may be other churches in our family or churches that could be called to be one of those. But that is not God's call for Hope Church. So leaders who align with the vision will complement what we do. We always welcome those that can add to our vision. For example, one of our pastors felt called of God to go to Africa to raise up church planters and to multiply churches there. So after seeking the Lord, we felt the Lord's leading and confirmation. And so we proceeded to expand our missions work into Africa. Although we had originally sought to focus only on the Pacific Islands. So the expansion of the vision was in line with God's call to us to be a great commission church. Another key aspect of developing an inspirational vision is that we need to mature it through the incubation of the vision. There's often that irresistible impulse to run with the vision immediately, to rush into it. However, can I say this? It is important. It is important to incubate the vision, to allow it time to germinate as we pray and fast and meditate and ponder over it. This allows us or allows the vision to become more clarified, become clear in our mind and heart. It, it will also cement the conviction in our hearts and help us think through related issues so that when we do launch forth, we may be better prepared for the challenges involved. We need to reach a point where we can see it, say it, and seize it. So we all need that journey of incubation, a season of time where the birthing occurs within our spirit and soul. And in, for that to happen, there are, there are three major aspects that need to occur in this incubation process. The first one is this, there needs to be courageous dreaming. You see, we cannot complete this journey without courageously dreaming with God. You see, dreams are part of that language that God uses with us. God deals with pictures. He deals with burdens upon our hearts. And it takes courage. It takes courage because God is calling us to things which seem humanly impossible. So it takes God. It takes God to fulfill a God-sized vision. It takes courage to believe uh, God for it. it. It takes courage because it requires a God-sized sacrifice. It takes courage because we may not truly be sure of the outcome, yet we need to believe for it. William Carey, the father of modern missions, he made this incredible statement. He says, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Wow. And so, can I uh, share an illustration from Mark Potter? And this is what he said. I said, I like to think of goals as a target. The bull's eye is 100 
the concentric rings are 80 and 60 and 40 and 20. I aim for the 100, but sometimes I hit 80 or even 20. But if I don't aim for 100, I hit zero every time. You know, someone said, I would rather attempt something to do, I would rather attempt to do something great for God and fail than to attempt to do nothing and succeed. After Eisenhower won the Republican nomination to be the president from his uh, rival, which is Robert Taft, in 1952, a reporter asked uh, Robert Taft about his goals. And this is what he said. My goal was to become the President of the United States in 1953. The reporter smirked and said, well, you didn't make it, did you? And Robert Taft said this, no, but I did become Senator for Ohio. So God wants us to believe Him for great things. Uh, God wants us to trust Him enough to know that He will be with us to carry it out. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. When the leader has faith, his followers will have faith. When the leader has courage, his followers will learn to be courageous. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10, the Israelites were overwhelmed by the opposition and the challenges they were being confronted at that point in time. And we saw that Nehemiah, he instead rose up in courage and rallied the people in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Now, what has changed? The situation has not changed. The people has not changed. What changed was the quality of the leadership. Leadership can make all the difference. Now, let me go on. Another aspect is creative problem solving. What stands between the dream and reality? Well, a whole mountain of challenges. So what is needed is we need to address, we need to overcome the challenges with solutions. As leaders, we have to solve problems and we need creativity to solve it effectively. It's not enough for a leader to say, we want to go to the moon. They have to identify the strategy at the very least. Even better, if they can work out the plan, how they're going to get there. Nehemiah, he had a strategy. He had a plan. Nehemiah, his strategy was to use the king's resources to be able to fund the rebuilding of the wall. Think about that. His plan was to rally the people and get as many as possible involved in rebuilding it. You see, for every problem that he was confronted with, he found a practical solution. Many of his solutions revealed creativity, and innovation. Wow. I mean, think about this. Imagine, imagine uh, the returnees rebuilding the section of the walls closest to their homes. Imagine the priests, imagine the nobles to help rebuild the wall. It was almost unheard of at that point in time. Even when they were under tremendous pressure from 
external persecution. Think about that. He had them rebuilding the wall with one, uh, carrying the materials one hand and armed with weapons in the other arm. That was just incredible. Will we simply be dreamers or practical visionaries? Practical visionaries will solve the challenges and problems. They do not just dream of reaching the goal. And the last aspect of incubating this vision requires us to cement our convictions. You see, dreamers, they often peter out because the convictions are not deep enough to withstand the pressure. True visionaries, they cement their convictions so that it will last the distance. Nehemiah's convictions were solid enough to carry him through every challenge every problem. The incubation period is when we need to deepen our convictions, uh, where we reach the point that we know, that we know, that we know that how important something is, especially before God. And that's why we have to do it. The incubation period is important because it's a period to seek God. It's important to clarify things with God and with our own hearts. I rarely waste time and energy second-guessing my significant decisions. Because when it comes to anything big, I always make sure first that I cement my convictions in what I am about to do. That helps me so much. Let me just conclude. How does the leader uh, develop an inspirational vision? Well, it usually starts with a holy discontent which reaches to become a holy aspiration. It one starts by having a God-inspired discernment of a problem and reaching a God-inspired solution. It is equally important that this vision, it aligns. It aligns with God's vision, that it aligns to the house of which you are part of. That journey also of developing an inspirational vision, it requires an incubation period where we go through a courageous period of dreaming, where we uh, come and have creative problem solving and cement our convictions. The road to inspirational vision is not easy, but it is crucial if you are to become an inspirational leader. May God bless you. We trust you've been blessed by the word today. Do visit www.wilsonlyling.com for more messages and teachings. For the latest news and updates, follow Facebook and Instagram, wilson.lyling.